Welcome back to The Building Code. I'm Zach Watovich. And I'm Charlie Bertwistle. So good to be back in the studio. It's wintertime. It's the most wonderful time of the year. The whole shebang. Yeah, it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful, crispy 20 degrees outside today. Uh, but we did just have our quarterly town hall last night. So feeling very motivated after that. Uh, super hydrated. Super hydrated. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, ready to, you know, get back to work and, and go ahead and get after this next quarter. But it starts in the podcast studio. Zach, who do we have today? Where you and I really make our impact. Yeah, where we drive the most revenue for the business. Yeah, so, you know, it is it is that time of year, and this is a great time to reflect on your team. And so we're bringing on Joe Christensen from Cardinal Crest Home, longtime podcast attendee. He's been on many times. I don't even know how many. And it's exciting that we get to talk to him about, you know, what's been going on with his business, and we'll get to surprise him that we're going to I'll be at IBS. the Builder Show That's this right. year. You Absolutely. You, you hit the nail on the head, Zach. I feel like the past couple of years, obviously, the construction industry has been crazy. Uh, we're getting into this time of thanks and holidays. Uh, so how do you ensure your team's doing all right? How do you make sure they're getting the most out of their job that they can be um, and everyone's staying happy and productive? Yeah. Well, without further ado, let's get Joe in here. Joe, welcome back to The Building Code. Second round, Cardinal Crest Homes, Kansas City. And wait, actually, fourth time? I'm being told I was wrong. Fourth time on the building code. Is that right? I mean, I think it's a sixth. Sixth time on the building code? Wow. Killing the intro right from the beginning. Welcome back. For our new listeners out there who haven't caught one of the previous five episodes, apparently, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in the construction, um, and then Carnal Crest Homes as well? Uh, yeah. Um, Joe Christensen. Been in construction for a while. Um, I'm 40 now. That's the milestone of your life, right? I turned 40 now, so I guess I can sound like an old man. But I've been in construction, I think, since an early uh, youth, a young lad running around the hills of Utah and Missouri. <laughs> uh, I, I got in it early because my dad was just like a hands-on guy. And I got five brothers, and uh, we did everything ourselves. We called the contractor last after we screwed things up. <laughs> so <laughs> we were in it for. A, a, I've always grew up, grown up around just uh, doing work with our hands. Uh, we had some farm uh, farmland. We and when you work on a farm, you do everything yourself. You don't call anybody. Like I said, until it's screwed up so much that you can't fix it. Um, and then uh, um, eventually I got my first job in construction it was actually with an asphalt company. Oh, before that, this is a long intro. I hope you're ready. For <laughs> no, this, this is great. By the way, um, before that, you know, uh, back in the day before the internet was big enough to send uh, big plans over email before AOL could really handle that bulk of, uh, you know, a hundred megabyte, 250 page plan they used to have these things called runners in las vegas i used to run plans to oh, different wow. sites from the printers like or, or not just from the printers but from one office to another to a subcontractor to a site uh, because they had nobody else so there was a lot of uh, you know i struggle to say this word every time so you guys can make fun of me a courier that's the word that, that's that was like the first time i've said it right so yeah i'm actually proud of myself right now but so it was like a fancy word for a courier but you were a runner and they would do it for legal firms and for contractors so i did get into that 
that was kind of a cool job when you're a high school student. But then I worked in asphalt in Las Vegas, and that's a horrible job. That's just like you're, you know, in the in the trenches of hell itself in Vegas, and then it's hot. I was saying, and, well, great place for it, you know, the <laughs> desert of Southern Nevada. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's great that I like I started there, and I happen to like still want to continue the pathway. <laughs> it can never get worse. It will never yeah, get worse than this. I started at the bottom. I was like, this is there's only only good things from there. I did lots of crazy stuff in Vegas. I mean, I, at one point, I, I think a lot of people. Yeah, too. that's, I feel, yeah. <laughs> they don't, uh, but it stays I, there, it stays uh, there for a reason, you know? <laughs> I didn't even catch what you're saying until like way late. <laughs> lots of crazy stuff. Lots, we're kidding, so we didn't many. have of it. Most of us locked away in their little state, you know, <laughs> little uh, safes they have for all the, uh, well, whatever. So um, lots of little, careers, different things, work for different subcontractors, eventually got a job with a GC and got uh, decided I want to get a construction management degree um, and uh, did that. Went to UNLV for a while, eventually went to BYU and graduated uh, with a construction management degree. Um, and that's where I actually met um, my business partner. And it's down. Now it's starting to sound like a love story. So you know, we met. You know, huge <laughs> across the hall from me, with locked eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we we were crazy enough to think that it was a smart idea to start a company. In I was a little older at that point. I had gone back to school. Uh, uh, I was twenty nine. Excuse me. And uh, at that time, two thousand ten, the market was trashed. Um from the 2008 crash and so we ended up deciding yeah let's uh start cardinal crest and uh in 2010 and uh go for it we i was married but no kids and he was the same boat and so we said well we're at another we talked from one low point the bottom of the asphalt <laughs> legitimately hell and then there was another low point which seems to you know be the the maybe the uh little theme of my life but on <laughs> 2010 we decided i mean there was no jobs for uh you know residential construction at that time uh i, I did get a, a, an offer to uh be like a draftsman because i was uh, I, I drew a lot of plans at that time and, and, and learned revit architecture for a home builder in utah but like the salary was legitimately i think the offer was like thirty-two thousand at the time a year and i was like I could work from Home Depot and then like do remodels on the side and make more money than this. Like, why, why would I do that? <laughs> so, uh, th those were kind of the jobs that were being like pushed around that were just really bad. And, uh, I'd already done, you know, a lot of labor stuff myself. So anyway, uh, from 2010, we started this, this puppy, uh, with, uh, um, a couple of remodels and some basement finishes and we were able to pool enough money together from crazy hard money and other loans to actually start a model home. So that's how we really kicked this off. And sometimes I don't know how many times I've shared that through different podcasts about our story, but it, it is a, a, an interesting part because we took a ton of risk at the time. And I think it's important to think about because we're, you know, we're entering in a, a different era and then this next year or two, that we'll have, you know, lending has gotten tidy, tight again. And then in 2010, nobody would loan me money. And let alone because I'm coming out of college with little experience as a business owner. So 
we actually found some creative ways to finance it. Risky at the time, for sure, um, but it paid off. Uh, and sometimes, you know, it's just, that's the way life goes. You got to take a risk and uh, put it all out there and, and work backwards from there with what you're, you know, what you have, because no one was going to lend me money at a decent rate. So I'd had to go some hard money and um, some ridiculous rates, but I had to work backwards and make it cheaper in other ways or less expensive to self-perform more work or, you know, uh, figure out a way to still build a house. So built that first home. The story's getting long. <laughs> built that first home. And then from there, uh, things just kept getting better and better. Never would have thought in 2010, would we be building 15 homes a year, 20 million plus in revenue a year, easy. And uh, where we at, are at today to have an office, to have 12 people, on, you know, well, 10 people on staff plus a commercial division. It's, it, it, it kind of exceeded my uh, wealth expectations because in 2010, it was just like, geez, this thing, you know, everybody was so down in the dumps of housing because they had legitimately bottoming out from 2010 to 11. I think home prices actually bottomed from statistically when you look at the graphs, maybe 2011, 12 was like the official bottom before it rose. So that's the long story. So maybe you could cut out some of that. Well, I was just about to ask now, uh, <laughs> so when are you guys breaking into the lucrative asphalt uh, market? You know, really just bring this thing, you know, full circle. Uh, you know, you never know. Never, you never know? say never. Yeah. Never you say just, never. It's kind of like, you know, Stockholm's like, I kind of miss it. The desert, the asphalt, the yeah. whole. I'd take a trip to Vegas with you, Zach. Yeah. If you want. Oh, well, you know, rumor has it that maybe. Actually, all three of us are going to be in Vegas. Yeah, yeah maybe we're all yeah, going to make some maybe. bad decisions. On the yeah. End. I'll bring Take some, some nice asphalt. jobs. Yeah. 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 Hey, could you show us the old, the old, uh, you know, stomping grounds in the asphalt center and just really see if your work has held up over the last 10 years? <laughs> um, we oh. actually, you know, I, I think you telling your story is a great, um, you know, kind of segue into what we wanted to bring you on today was talk about your team and, and how, what it takes yeah. to actually grow a team and have a great team. And so it really helps set the context of, you know, you, you obviously took a risk, start a business. And I, I have a feeling that that's why you value your employees as much as you probably do, because totally. it was just you and it helps you really appreciate it. So, you know, we obviously at Builder Trend as well, try to really embrace a positive workplace. You know, they give us a ton of perks for working here on top of free food and, uh, you know, the bar, if you ever come to BTU, I'd love to hear kind of your kind of, you know, perspective on how you prevent things like, you know, burnout or toxic workplace environment, mental health, you know, what, how do you handle that as a small business owner? Oh man. I'll first, I'll tell you it's hard Yeah, because the crux of a small business and even a lot of businesses, I, I would bet you the you know founders of, of Builder Trend would even say the same thing until they found maybe the right key players. Is that you sometimes feel? Because I say that because Builder Trend, you guys are it's a big business now. But uh, the the crux of a small business is that sometimes you feel and you have to learn and almost reinvent the wheel sometimes until you get to a point that you're like asking the right people for the asking the right people the right questions and getting the right answers, right? Because you're like, you're too nimble and small and don't have enough money to just, you know, pay a consultant 
the first year or two. And there are great, you know, companies are starting to come up that, that have these consulting fees or and consulting programs that are getting a little bit more nimble and, and, and maybe like intro into uh, your uh, these smaller businesses. But the first couple of years, you kind of have to learn some hard lessons. And I think it's twofold. One, maybe you can't, uh, you, you don't think you can afford uh, uh, like a consultant or a mentor or whatever. And two, sometimes that's his life. Like you've got to learn the hard lessons. That's why it, it didn't brands it into your body. And you're like, okay, I'll never do that again because that sucked and I'll make sure of it. And I'm going to, you know, do what. So, um, so I've learned a lot of lessons with employees and, uh, and this year is tough. I would say, I haven't seen numbers, but I would bet you um, a lot of people have probably shifted gears out of construction. I don't remember uh, a more difficult time in construction ever. You know, in 2008 to 2012, yeah, the market was tough. But what's wild is in 2013, or maybe I started this house in 12, I built a a full-fledged custom beautiful home crazy details in like five and a half months because i got so many quality craftsmen to show up on that at that house because there's no work right now we're in a time that everybody has been so pushed to the max and so many subcontractors and laborers and craftsmen have left the market from the last crash that now we're dealing with we we were with such a small labor pool it's such a demand of housing that it's pushed everybody to the absolute limits. Like it, and so the things you're talking about, mental health, you know, being, uh, how to like rejuvenate your love for, for construction. It has been, I mean, I, I think everybody could probably get in a room, every contractor, subcontractor and be like, hell yeah, this sucks this year. It's it, these last two years, maybe the money sounded like it was going to be good, but it has been brutal. So I, I think it's an important topic. I'm just setting that premise. And, and I think everybody would agree that. And, and I've had people quit. And I've had people actually move industries because um, it, it's tough. Now, that's my premise. Now, let's get into the nitty gritty, right? Uh, here's one hard lesson I learned. Uh, you, as a boss, you never, at least I didn't. It took me a long time to realize Hey Joe, you're the you're the freaking boss. So when you say, "Hey, that was a dumb idea," you, I could have said it just like that, like pretty soft, like, "Hey, that was kind of a dumb idea what you did." That carries like a, a hundred pound sledgehammer with it, and I could be super chill and I, and just like I said, I'm like, "Hey, that was a dumb idea," and I said it in front of everybody. All of a sudden, that sounds like, and I'll, I'll I've I've said that or I've said things like that, maybe a little more intense, I'm kind of being lighter. <laughs> For the podcast, yeah, it'd be nice to the podcast hosts. We're sensitive, yeah, right? Um, Especially Charlie. <laughs> but uh, I've I've done those things, and people have come back and been like, "You embarrassed me so bad in front of everybody," and you're like, "Bro, I was just telling you, like, that was not a good idea." And like, it, you're just running and gunning, and you don't realize, wow, like etiquette, like I can't correct people in front of other people. Like I want to, and supers can do that and, and managers can do that. But the boss, as soon as your team starts growing, um, you have to really 
like uh, I got that visualization of Harry Potter and like the sorting hat. Like I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, but for some reason I just got that. That like you are now knighted the boss. And it's hard to really like knight yourself. Like I am the, you know, commander in chief. What I say, people listen. And um, maybe I'm not trying to sound like ultra humble, but it's hard. It was hard for me to really be like, okay, like that's my role. And people want to hear what I say. And and they all like me and listen to me because I'm the boss, not just because that they think I'm a cool guy, but it's because I'm the boss. <laughs> and and so I think one is uh, being super careful on how you correct people, how you treat people openly in public and how you correct them. The one-on-one time I really um, have learned over the years is super important. People crave that from, from their, from, and it's not like they're needy, but the, people just want to know you know, uh, what are they supposed to do and when are they doing it wrong and when are they doing it right? And they want to know those things in private so they can have job satisfaction. And I mean, I'm sure you guys could speak to that too. Everyone can. It's like when you don't have job satisfaction, you feel like the clients don't like me. The subcontractors are are really tough right now because they're, they're, the the projects are delayed and you can't find satisfaction in your job. You're going to quit you're going to move on. And I, and I've seen that happen in our industry that right now that people are like jobs are delayed, they're over budget and they're really difficult to get done. And if your boss is also yelling at you, why would you stay? I mean, I know we're passionate about construction, but you've got to have, you got to find the silver lining. And so I think we do, a, we, we try really hard to celebrate the small wins and to try to, uh, not sweat like the small stuff and move on like correct it but be like okay it's time to move on um you answer you asked three questions and i have now forgot the other two well i kind of have a <laughs> habit of asking multiple layered questions that's that's what air of improvement boss of where i could get better at my <laughs> yeah. podcasting that was a dumb, my mark my marketing friends are looking at me like see told you <laughs> told you we actually, he yeah. That on me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a great answer to the question of about, you know, how do you promote, you know, positivity? And I think availability of the leader is really important. I know not to humble brag about myself. I am really busy. I make an hour for every one of my employees and my team a week, which is a significant investment, but I feel like similarly it gets them the transparency they're looking for the the availability because then i know if i miss them in the week i have that time we can always shorten it but i have noticed big productivity boosts from them when i put the time to spend with them so i think that's crucial to really getting right. you know people to feel like they're part of something or you know they believe in the person who's leading them and, and not just on an island when we all have a lot of stuff going on even internally at builder trend yeah, to kind of piggyback off that, Joe, I had a question for you. You've been around since you know 2011. You started with your um, started your love story with your roommate, founded the business. Like obviously, you guys were close and had that trust and connection to like go through this. But what was in that dorm room? <laughs> love was but in the air. As you grow your team out, I think you said you had 12 full time or maybe 11. Uh, how do you ensure you like you know you go from working with your best friend who you trust to hiring people to work for you and growing a team out how do you keep that close collaboration and that trust uh to actually feel like a team and not just an employer i love that question 
that's a great question. Wow. Thanks, guys. Um, well, I, I will piggyback first and foremost. I, I think um, you've got one, you've already said it, right? We've already talked about it. the one-on-one time is super important. Um, I think to, to create as cheesy as it is because this the, the buzzword for culture company culture has been around for the last decade or two about trying to find what company culture is right bonus points and, for synergy yeah right and like there's books right you know there's books about it there's i can't remember what the book was called the zappos guy book i read uh that he talked i can't remember what that book is called um i thought there's a anyway um but what i do think Something you can't fake in company culture is that you actually have to care about your employees. Like, I, if you don't, then you can have all the greatest company culture. You can be clashing with people. I say clashing, but that's uh, uh, you can have these run-ins with people. You can spend time with them. But if you actually don't care, and you there's a there's a feeling of I'm just a uh, uh, I'm just a peg in a hole or a hammer hitting this nail until this job's job's done they will will sniff that out quick right people do that we're, we're all very great human beings and, and being able to spot a fake and i think first and foremost you have to care and once you care and say like hey like i'm taking on this person this is their career they everyone wants a career they people want stability nobody wants to move from job to job so what are you doing as a boss to make sure, or an owner of a company, to make sure that one, they're taken care of and they have a vision, your vision aligns with their vision. And so like, I, I look at that it, and, and I hear that question and I think, I look back and go, you know, the first employees I brought on, they believed, I, I, I sold this vision hard because one of them, my, uh, my office manager, I interviewed him in the townhome in Kansas City that I was renting in the basement that was unfinished. And there was like little tiny windows that were really bad. Like there's no daylight. We were just, we were officing out of the um, my townhome. And I mean, there would be mornings that I would forget to unlock the front door and they would be like texting me like, hey, could you let us in? <laughs> and my wife would answer and it was awkward. And like he, he was a believer and I think he sensed our like adamantized genuine care for people. And over the years we have, uh, you know, we, we have continued to uh, make him a believer by putting our mouth where, our, uh, you know, uh, put our money where our mouth is, you know, supporting him and his family, uh, 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 having him see that this, this is a career, uh, something he could, he could, he can enjoy and make money at and have other benefits and um and share in the successes and and get passionate about things so so i i think one i think it's it can't be a fake and uh, you got to really care about these people and understand that you know people are an asset but um it, i think at the same time if you want people to stay long and, and believe in something um you have to paint that you have to have a vision and you have to care about them and be able to paint that vision um, and and uh, the right people will jump on board. Um, social media is really good for that to kind of help paint that vision. I was talking to somebody, a potential employee today, and he's like, I feel like I already know you, and you're really honest on social media. 
And I really appreciate that because I want an honest boss that can tell me what's going on. And it was actually really cool. Like I felt like we had the most productive phone call interview I've ever had because he follows me on social media and uh, we were just really open with each other. And how many interviews have you had? <laughs> the first interview, you're like super open because he like feels he, he already knows me. So. Well, first off, sounds like he's getting the job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope this doesn't air and mess up the timelines uh, yeah, right? on that. The, the second thing, we actually saw your social media post. You did a video with John Beck, uh, to our producer, about um, kind of your, your team promotion and the, the fun of the build, and it was hilarious. I, I was like, I want to go hang out on the job site and just goof around, you know, and, and have a good time. So I'm sure that really builds a lot of chemistry amongst your group and you guys are pretty witty i was, I was cracking up i'll be honest <laughs> we we you know we definitely have fun with it i think you you know i, I sometimes get crap for the lightheartedness uh from like people i know they're like what what is what does clients say when they see these videos of you guys goofing off and i'm like you know what i think they realize that we work hard we play hard and you know <laughs> trust me any one of us can go on site and yell at people. Right? That's what that's what that's the norm in construction. Right. I don't think people are looking for that. They're looking for something different. And uh, if you can't find a way to to make things a little bit lighthearted and uh, what we deal with every day, then I think you're, you're going to get burnt out. And that's the conversation we're having right now. What about uh, you know specifically? I guess when is this aired? December sometime. I don't know. We'll we'll say December sometime. Uh, holiday seasons. Do you guys do anything kind of special for the team? Do you have a holiday yeah. party or any outings, any things like that? So, I will say that this is what's crazy. We used to try to do like before the run up of these last two years. We were like really good at doing like monthly uh, outings, and we were doing like we were just getting kind of crazy. Like we were doing rock climbing. We wow. were doing, we'd go to golf, we'd go bowling, we'd go, we, we just have an outing every month. And my, and, uh, you know, Adam's like the chief fun officer. He's really <laughs> good at planning and making sure it happens. Oh, I, yeah, want, there I want that job. But we got so busy and people are actually, yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh yeah, chief, chief, chief officer of fun. Uh, so people start getting stressed out about the outing <laughs> or, and saying, you know what, like, can we not do this today? And it kind of sucked a lot of the, some of the energy out. Yeah. And uh, so we stopped that. <laughs> That's really funny. And we just recently said, you know, we've got to pick it back up and maybe not just do it once a quarter. So anyway, we do, we try to have a lot of fun. And um, during closing days or the day after closings, week after we like to have lunches all together, we take the team to lunch. Uh, I think it's important um, you know, we're having a, a holiday party or, or year end party and we're going to, you know, have a big, a big dinner and talk about the company. Um, but it's important that different team members, as you grow as a company to like run into each other outside of, Hey, interior designer, have we ordered the countertops? Why not? Where are they at? Like, you know, cause PMs will walk in and be super direct just like that. Hey, uh, the, you know, my carrot job company said that it's not templated. What the heck? Isn't that your job? Now they might not say it like that, but they're running a gun in. And so that, you know, sometimes, uh, we on here, we can talk really eloquent, eloquently and, and nicely and, and politely, but 
in the heat of the day, it's just hard. And so I think those outings make it kind of put the human back into construction sometimes. Cause I think we get short with each other here too. It's just like, uh, we get close enough that we kind of are our own family and sometimes yeah. we can treat our own family worse than we treat you know, other so people because we're used to them. Right. We're just like, we're bold. I mean, even I think that with my kids and my wife, sometimes I could be like super bold and say something like just cut to the chase. Cause they're, and I, we do that as a, as a insider own company. So the more we can do those things, go out to lunch, laugh with each other, you know, goof off and, and have fun. I think you start to humanize again and be like, okay, cool. Like, I, you know, that guy, that PM doesn't really hate me. He just, <laughs> he's just direct when he comes in the office because he's only got 30 minutes in the office. He's got to run back outside. Do you guys do any community work to kind of build team or how do you guys give uh, back to your community and, and your business? So we, we have... We've donated a lot uh, in just like cash and I don't like it. Uh, so this year we are getting involved in like this, um, it's like rebuilding, uh, it's called like, uh, I can't remember what this exact charity is called. Uh, we just did a charity event with them and uh, it's like rebuilding Clay County, they call it or something like that. And they have a day and we're assigned a couple homes. They have a day or a couple weekends that uh, you go and, and you just, you know, you might be adding ADA ramps, doing new flooring, fixing up these people's homes uh, where they can't uh, do it themselves or can't afford to do it. And so uh, I actually was given a great idea. We hit our 10 year mark, uh, um, was it, gosh, 2011, I guess last year. And I missed it by saying, uh, by not doing it, but someone said, you hit your 10 year, this is the time to start giving back, you know, maybe you'll make it the, your, your thing. So uh, we're, we're trying to, uh, that's how we're starting it. And we've got, it, it's coming up. And so um, we're, that's what we're doing, a rebuilding a Clay County event. And we want to do, make it something that we do every year. Um, Cause it's something we do already. We, we know how to build, we know, you know how to do those and, and uh, be able to rub shoulders with each other while we were helping out. So we have not done like a lot of it. And I'm kind of ashamed of that because I feel like uh, giving back like that and doing it as a company, uh, I got the idea from somebody else and they shared all their experiences that they do that with and how much they love doing it. And it's such like a big team building exercise. And looking back, I've always just like, yeah, you know, some of charity wants to raise money. We'll go there. We'll, we'll donate. Uh, but to build company culture, I think it's there's there's something there's something special about being with your team and and giving back to people who. who and a lot of times, some of these charities just need time. I know the money's great, but I think uh, if there's anything right now. A lot of times, people need the hands on to get things done. So, I will say my. Uh favorite team outing that we've done the past three years other than karaoke of course was uh we do a community garden once a year oh, and cool. it's eight hours get there 8 a.m leave at five uh we typically the past two years have picked like the hottest day of the entire year to do it unfortunately but i'm sure on purpose <laughs> there uh i mean it's just awesome from a team building like especially it's probably a little different when we're sitting at a desk every day but going out there and getting your hands dirty and like giving back to the community like 
I grow far closer to my teammates doing that than going out to a bar or going top golf or something. So I, I think you kind of hit the, the nail on the head right there. It's really hard to force yourself though to like, I mean, to do that again, as a small company, larger companies right. have, 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 are almost like always have the leg up on that. Yeah. And as a small company, you feel like, oh, I don't, I don't have time for that. Right. And it's like everything, like you don't have time for anything. <laughs> Nobody has time to work out every, every, every morning, but they just do it. They, they schedule it and it gets done and it becomes a habit, you know? And, uh, that, that's been like my, uh, my, uh, my thought about, I mean, I've been really bad about it. And, uh, this year we're, we're starting to do that. And I agree. I think it's something you just, you just gotta do. You make it part of it and that's company culture in general. You make it just something you do monthly, quarterly, whatever. And it becomes part of what you guys do all the time or your team. Yeah. Well, you know, growth for area of growth in 2023 for all of us. But yeah. speaking of which, in the turn of the year, we have the International Builder Show. We've talked about it a little bit in January. You excited? You know what? What are your plans for? What topics are you going to be covering? What you know? What are you? You know, we know you're going to be joining our team on a, a panel like you did last year. Uh, if you remember, there was some tension because Charlie wasn't going to be there last year, and this year oh, we're shooting yeah. a podcast at IBS, <laughs> oh, so yeah. we'll all get to meet. So yeah, yeah. Sound. <laughs> put the sound effects in, John. So tell us, you know, what are you looking forward to? Oh, I think uh, the the Builder Show is super fun, um, especially since like social media has become a big thing with like contractors too. And I say a big thing. There's so many contractors. Some of the greatest contractors I know are still not on social media. But it's super fun seeing like colleagues that you. Uh, you don't just know or social media and you get to see them once a year at the builder show. So I think that's, that, I really enjoy that, uh, that part of it, uh, beyond the great food in Vegas, there is some awesome food and, uh, I do enjoy that part as well. Um, but seeing, uh, the other builders and, uh, joking and, and talking about, you know, the, the, the things they're going through, uh, I think really help and it's uh, all part of this discussion we're having right now is that it really helps to like hear from somebody who you feel has it all together right because there's some really glamorous speaking about Furby uh, <laughs> it's some really glamorous you know social media uh, uh, accounts there that sometimes that's the worst thing about social media is it looks like man that guy's got his crap together look at those homes Look at that project. That looks awesome. But you know, when you get to sit down with people and, 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 and especially at like a builder show like that, I, I try to be super open in those moments to say, yeah, like discuss the hard things, discuss the good things, not try to go down a, a, a negative like spiral, but just be real and say, you know, what are the good things and what are the bad things? And uh, that's really cool. Seeing the vendors, under, uh, learning some about uh, the new products is super cool. Uh, getting to know your your vendors if they're there from your local uh, areas is always fun. Um, the education is awesome. I plan out my my days on some of the education that I want. Something like the they used to call them like master classes or something like that. Uh, those are really cool. And then the panel will be fun. I, I had I had a really fun time the last time we did that panel, and uh, it was funny. I I, I still to this day. On that panel I shared about like, I just got like this gnarliest review on this home. And it was 
beautiful home, but the, the client just ate us up. <laughs> and I like, and I like shared about that story. And I, and so many people in that room looked up the review. Cause I told them, I was like, the, the review's on there. They totally, they totally looked at that. And to this day, I still get comments like, dude, remember that review? <laughs> or like, <laughs> I just reread your review because I had a tough client. I'm like, Oh, I'm so glad I'm your, like, <laughs> I'm your bar of <laughs> people ripping me. And uh, it was funny, but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed like just like making those friendships and uh, and uh, to re like see those people again. It's kind of like a it's like a good. Uh, it's become a good like a like a reunion every year. Yeah, I'm excited to go back. It'll be my second time. Charlie's first. That panel is going to be hosted by our CEO, Dan Houghton. It's going to be called Don't Make My Mistake. It's going to be 930 <laughs> on the Tuesday morning session with Brad Levitt and Heather Tankersley. So, Joe, we're really excited to see you down there. Uh, we're about out of time. Really appreciate you joining us here on The Building Code. And we will see you down in Vegas. Can't wait. Hopefully everything that happens in Vegas uh, is kosher this leave Vegas. we'll be sure to leave a review about <laughs> no it on your social media <laughs> if not put it there that's where everyone else airs yeah. grievances building with me or not that's where they go <laughs> yeah we really appreciate talking to you about how you build your team culture it was really great tips for me and things that maybe you know we can continue to, to work on together in 2023 absolutely awesome. thank, thank you, you joe thank you guys so much it's been a blast charlie my guy we just had joe christensen from cardinal crest home always an absolute amazing experience because we have so much fun it was he's just so fun to joke he said he just kind of brings out the charm in all of us and that's that's awesome <laughs> i feel like he brought out like the mean in you you had like very several backhanded compliments whoa and, whoa and whoa snarky remarks in that episode careful there charles but uh it's i, I warned you it's you know friday yeah it's you a are spooky. a little friday mood and um you know, like no fun. joe was great i uh to be honest, I was a little intimidated. Mm. I follow him on all his socials. You uh, do. They make a ton of awesome content, mm -hmm. uh, but he's kind of a celebrity in my mm -hmm. eyes. So got through that interview without sweating too much. Um, well, I, that's what I love about Joe is humility. I mean, he brings up his like worst review on Google yeah. on Cardinal Crest. Well, you mentioned in the interview, but just in case people didn't miss it, the panel he is on at IBS, what's it called? Like learn from my mistakes or yep. something. So I think that's going to be incredible. Um, I'm excited I get to be there live this year. It's going to be great. But his entire message, uh, that entire interview was, yeah, one of humility and, and, and empathy, honestly. Like, it's not just a business. It's a, it's a family. And these are real people and real lives. And your, your goal should be to make your family as happy as possible. Um, it's not just work. You're not just getting work done. You're not just building houses. You're not just yelling. Uh, and so that was really, really refreshing to hear going into the, you know, the season of thanks. Uh, and yeah, I really enjoyed the interview. Really enjoyed him. Uh, yeah, it was great. Yep. Those are my to, thoughts. I wanted to give one last joke, but apparently you'll interpret it as me being rude. So on that, don't forget to check out at the International. <laughs> well, well, now I got to hear the joke. I was just, I was, I don't even remember my, okay. you know, my, my, my mother's favorite quality of me is my snarkiness. So yeah. there's something out of there. I don't even remember. Like blackout before. All it, right, Zachary, let's wrap it up Don't here. forget <laughs> about the International Builder Show roundtable that, we're going to be hosting with Dan Houghton. Don't make my mistake. Charlie just referenced it at 930 on Tuesday morning. Go check it out with Brad Levitt and Heather Tankersley. We'll check you out there. You guys have a great rest of your day. I'm Zach Watovich. I'm Charlie Burtwistle. We'll see you next time. <laughs>